My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and this is Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the simple and strategic choices that any of us can make in order to become the very best version of ourselves. Today, though, is Three Words podcast on the road. I'm here in Austin, Texas with my dear friend, Carter Good, and today we are talking about fitness isn't everything. Fitness is important, but it isn't everything. And we get to go behind the scenes with one of the celebrity lifestyle fitness online coaches, Carter Good, to learn about how we make long lasting, significant lifestyle choices that will transform our lives and the physical dimension of our lives. We're going to learn that diets don't always work, that there are no shortcuts to fitness, that there are no fads that you can jump on this bandwagon and all of a sudden become the best version of you, that it is an intentional proactive, reflective process that requires perspective. It requires having the right people around you. It is a fascinating, lengthy, longer than normal episode with my dear friend, Carter Good. You will want to check it out. Listen now. I'm sitting here in downtown Austin, Texas in this beautiful apartment with my dear friend, Carter Good. Carter, let's kick us off. What are our three words for this episode? Fitness isn't everything. Fitness isn't everything. Well, you are a lifestyle fitness coach. You are the founder and CEO of Leaner for Life. We became friends actually four years ago when I hired you as my personal fitness coach. And I came here to talk about fitness and you start the conversation with the fact that fitness isn't everything. Isn't it everything to you? Yeah. So, you know, to me, fitness is a big part of my life, right? So in terms of the company that I've built, like I've been coaching for multiple years now, I post content about fitness every single day. And so for me specifically, I talk a lot about fitness, so it is a big part of my life. But whenever I think of my own fitness journey and like how I do fitness for myself, it really isn't everything. It's not a huge part of my life. Now it's a part of my life um, and it's an important part of my life, but it's not the only you know thing in my life. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll go down this rabbit hole, but I think that's re- a really important place to come from because the people who really struggle to get results, they sort of have this all or nothing mindset with fitness. Um, and so one of the things I try to teach people is, you know, realizing it's important, finding what works, but then remembering that there's a lot more to life than just being perfect. Well, and one of the things that you've said, I don't know if you shared this with me personally when we started having conversations four years ago, or if I've seen this on your social media posts, but this notion that if you were unhappy mm-hmm. at 300 pounds, you're still going to be unhappy at 150 pounds. And, yeah. and that's a little bit of your story. And you, you obviously set... Uh, you set out on this fitness journey for what purpose? And tell us, I guess, give us some background in that regard, but you actually have embodied this idea that fitness, while it's important, isn't everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you a little bit of backstory because a lot of that messaging comes from my own, you know, story mm-hmm. of kind of going from one extreme to the other. Um, and so kind of like you alluded to, um, at one point I used to weigh over 300 pounds. Um, and so like growing up, I was always like a chubbier kid, but, um, in high school is really when I put on the weight and like looking back, my parents had gotten divorced during that time as well as just like 15, you know, it's kind of like a weird age. That and awkward so, age, sure. Yeah. And so, um, I ended up gaining a ton of weight and, and you know, getting over 300 pounds. And, um, I had tried dieting multiple times, uh, like weight watchers, like all these different fad diets, I'd lose like five to 10 pounds and then gain 20 more pounds. Right. Mm-hmm. And it kind of followed that cycle. Um, but when, I actually found some success with weight loss. Um, and everyone always asks me, what was that moment? What, what was the, the motivation there? Um, and it was for a girl, right? Now, now keep in mind, <laughs> I'm 17 years old. I'm in high school, right? So that's kind of like what you're thinking about when you're a 17 year old. Um, and I remember getting like friend zoned by this girl, um, in a sense. And so that right there was kind of the initial spark to get started. Sure, um, sure. But then after about like a month or two of doing it, um, it was definitely more self-motivated, right? Cause once I started seeing some changes, um, it was a lot easier to have intrinsic motivation. That's actually why when I'm working with people and we're talking to people, I'm actually not as concerned about why they're initially motivated. Cause I know if they can start to build some momentum, they're going to start to create more, um, intrinsic motivation yeah, from yeah. these changes. And so, um, I ended up losing a ton of weight, lost 145 pounds in total at one point, um, and got very, very lean. Um, and you achieved the six pack you I wanted. I did it. I got the six pack. I got the six pack. Cause we always um, talk about that. I want a it. six pack. Who doesn't yeah. want a six pack? Yeah. So, so I did the thing, right? Got the yeah. six pack. Um, but funny enough, cause some people will look at that and be like, you did it. You, you got exactly what you wanted. You must be incredibly happy, incredibly fulfilled. Um, but funny enough, that was probably at my lowest weight 
one of the most unhappy periods of my life, um, both with my confidence, um, wow. with how I carried myself. At the time, I had just gone to college. Um, and normally, college is whenever people are like, really finding out who they are, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're getting all, like they're getting culture shock left and right. They're meeting, mm -hmm. you know, people from different parts of the world or whatever. And so it's normally where people are making new friends and really um, just like growing, right? And, and for me, it was the worst time ever. I was, I was scared to go out of like my dorm room. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and, and it was all based around this fear of if I go out and do these things, I'm gonna gain my weight back, right? Or I can't handle oh. myself in certain social situations or I might have to skip my workout tomorrow. Like I was so obsessed with this mm. idea of like looking a certain way that it stopped me from actually living life, right? And actually doing what I wanted to do in the first place with getting that type of physique. Um, it's interesting you say that because even in DMB coaching in three words, we've talked a lot about Carter, the 12 dimensions of mm -hmm. a human pe being's life. And you're talking a lot right even now about the physical dimension, mm -hmm. obviously sleep and food and fitness and working out and all such things fall into that category. But there's so much more to our life. We mm -hmm. tend to think, particularly in this image crazed world, mm -hmm. if I look this way, I'm going to feel this way. Right. Looking this way equates with feeling confident, uh, yeah. beautiful, desirable. Uh, my identity is going to become stronger with weight loss, fitness, more muscle, less muscle. We all have these different visions. But what you're telling us, and I'm sure even people listening today, our viewers and our listeners who follow three words, they many of them think a lot about fitness. Yeah. And you're saying, but it's not, it's not going to be this magical, mm -hmm. now I feel better about myself, my identity's intact, and you've learned that the hard way. Yeah. But when did it change? Because obviously somewhere along the line, you you began to build this incredible business. And I just want to say, even as, at the front end of our conversation, everything you post and the way that you talk about fitness and the way that you talk about food and the way that you talk about what I would call the physical dimension of life, mm -hmm. it is so healthy, it is holistic, it's thoughtful. It's inspirational for sure, mm -hmm. but it's not gimmicky. It's not like do this quick thing, mm -hmm. you know, do this diet and you'll, I mean, I, even recently I, I saw something that you were, were posting about this, this idea that the thing that you're about to do, see if I'm quoting you correctly, Carter, the thing that you're about to do, this fitness plan, this diet, this whatever, if you can't enjoy it and imagine doing it mm -hmm. like that for the rest of your life, don't start it. Yep. I mean, I love, yeah. that's what we need to hear. Yeah. But you're also, we also, when we get underneath and we want to hear some more about this identity piece and the confidence. Cause I mm -hmm. would think from a 300 pound, 15 year old to 150 some pound, you know, young man yeah. who people were probably noticing and that your confidence was actually sagging. Yeah. I'm just so curious about that. Yeah. And I think it, it mostly came from just this lack of, control that I had, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was in control of like the foods that I would eat and all these things. And so, um, you know, going back to our three words, fitness isn't everything. The reason why I say that is because, um, I think it's important to be objective in the fact of like living, thinking about the world that we live in, right? Where mm -hmm. it's very convenient to overconsume and it's very easy to not really move, right? In terms of like biology and stuff, like we kind of crack the code, right? Of like evolution in terms right, of like right, right. All, all the food we could ever need and we don't have to <laughs> work for it, right? And so for me, a big shift came whenever I started to recognize I got. I have a choice to make, right? I can either continue down this path of like obsession with with fitness, which a lot of people do. You'd be surprised mm -hmm. how many people who like oh I know you see on Instagram who have the six pack who are like all healthy and fit actually like are not like living the life that they probably would want to live. Um, but it made me think I need to learn to either completely separate myself or learn how to work with this world that, that I live in, right? And so I chose that the latter one there, um, and that's what really took me down the road of both really educating myself around like yeah. actually the science of nutrition, um, but also like the science of like psychology with, with eating and with nutrition specifically. Um, because I think for most people, that's really the area that they need the most work on. Because if you can get that area right, it's so much easier to you know, make good choices in certain moments and not kind of get in this obsessive mindset. Well, the psychology of food. I mean, there's a lot of conversations happening now and we're seeing more success even in the fitness realm yeah. as people understand and, and, Correct me if I'm wrong, but this this idea of what is my relationship with mm -hmm. food about? Yeah. It, it, talk to me about your this idea of relationship with food, the psychology of food. What have you learned as you've kind of dug deep into this area of psychology? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, and, and this is true not even just for food but for everything in your life, is that your childhood right, really forms mm -hmm. how you think about food. And so for me, 
growing up in Southern Ohio, um, most of my family, right, was overweight um, in that area, right? That's a thing. And so a lot of my beliefs around food were um, just not like just not healthy choices, right? Like we weren't yeah. necessarily, nutrition wasn't necessarily important, right? It wasn't something that like would make your life better physically. Food was more so to just be enjoyed, right? Which it should be. I, I definitely think it should be, but there was more of a focus on the enjoyment of food versus like the, the fueling of food, right? Yeah. And there's 100% of balance there too. Oh, I've um, heard you want, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. You? So I, I, I always want to be hesitant because like I think thinking of food only as fuel, full of, fuel is also not necessarily the greatest thing. Um, it's to be enjoyed. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, for me, I think the biggest step was really just learning that, like, we have a lot of scripts, I guess, around the foods that we eat, around what foods are good, what foods are bad, what foods are comforting, what foods create Mm -hmm. memories. Um, and I think it's the biggest step is just creating awareness around that. Um, and thinking about like the foods that you eat on a regular basis and, and how they make you feel both physically and, and mentally and things. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, we can get into the, you know, we won't have necessarily get into like the nitty gritty science of yeah. weight loss, but like in, in fitness, but it's really simple, right? Like make sure you're not eating too many calories, eat some fruits and vegetables, you know, try to eat some protein. Like it's, it's all very simple. Um, and all foods can fit within that, that paradigm. But what really matters is that like you're being intentional about how you think about the foods that you're eating um, and working on that. So what well, I love that because I know even for me growing up, I mean, we would eat a lot of food out of boxes. No. We would eat a lot of fast food. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something very even now, you know, at my age, I still crave McDonald's yeah. cheeseburgers or <laughs> Taco yeah. Bell and uh, nothing wrong with either of those places. Right. But there's just something about, like you said, my childhood. Yeah. The way I dealt with pain, mm-hmm. the way I the way I found comfort. But what was interesting, you talk a lot about choices mm-hmm. in your in your fitness training, in your Instagram, and, and all the content that you're pushing out. I see a lot about choices because, in many ways, and I'm curious about this because this is what I think. Do you think you can rewire your brain to actually enjoy what you once didn't? Because I'm finding that. And I say this a lot, but it takes 21 days to develop a habit, 90 days to create a new lifestyle. I have even now, as I have aged, things that I would have never considered eating, never brought into that realm of comfort mm-hmm. or enjoyable food. I'm trying to actually train myself to think and feel differently about food, and it's actually working. Yeah, Like there's things that – that if I just take the time, try something new or, or reorient my, my view of food, the kind of food, healthy food versus unhealthy food, it, I can literally, I can literally transform the way I feel, experience and enjoy food. But it requires a, a series of choices in the right direction for a mm-hmm. period of time. And I know for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, and I'm sure our listeners can relate to this. So often I do something for two or three days and think, well, this isn't working. Yeah. And I need a little longer yeah. than that. I need this track record. I need this series of choices. What are yeah, your thoughts so, on that? Yeah. So um going back to a word I keep using, um, so it must be important, awareness. So mm-hmm. a saying I always love to use is awareness precedes change. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm a really big like believer in that because like everything that we do on a daily basis is really the formation of the habits that we've developed up to that point. And most people would be surprised, like a lot of the things that we do is very like robotic. It's not even like conscious decisions that we're making. And so when it comes to rewiring the way that you think about food, um, and I love the example you use about like enjoying foods in different ways and like learning to like certain foods. Um, I think step one is recognizing, so the McDonald's thing, right? Like you crave McDonald's. Well, why is that? There's definitely some like nostalgic elements of that, but it's also like those foods are engineered to be like, undesirable or desirable, right? Like, like irresistible, um, addictive, literally addictive. Yeah. And so I think going into it, knowing from like a, a scientific perspective that's saying the reason why this food tastes so good is because it's like the perfect combination of like carbohydrates and fats. And it's like, it, it creates the palatability is, is something mm-hmm. that that is right. Like those foods are very palatable for us. Um, and simply being aware of that is huge. So that's why that food is enjoyed in this moment. Now, knowing that, um, you can start to now create associations similar to that with other foods. And so mm-hmm. maybe instead of, you know, eating McDonald's and fry or a, a McDonald's burger and fries, or you have a, a salad with like grilled chicken, right? These are your options. Well, one of those is going to make you feel better right now. That's one's right. going to make you feel better <laughs> afterwards. Right. Right. And, and so this is where I think it's important to like recognize you can start to enjoy that, that salad and chicken. Not that because it's the most delicious thing you've ever had in that moment, but it's because like you reach a point where, 
you don't feel the need to, you don't have to always eat for pleasure in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like you should enjoy, enjoy yourself. It should taste good. But like you reach a point where you can make sure that most of your meals are these meals that are really more just, um, routine based meals, yeah. right? And simple. Of course. But, but then you can have McDonald's, you know, when you do want it, but you've created this association where you recognize, you know, this is a meal that I have, um, to enjoy. That's like pleasurable right now, but the other association I have is I like to feel really good too. And these other foods do a better job of doing that for me. I love that you're talking about the difference between tasting good and feeling good. Yeah. Because there are things that we can help us feel good, but also taste good. It's interesting. You're, you're here now as a guest on Three yeah. Words Podcast. Our very first Three Words Podcast, episode number one, was delay immediate gratification. Yep. Because, in fact, people have asked me over the years, you know, Michael, if you could only share one thought, you get to give one word of advice, only one, choose one, what would it be? And I always say, without flinching, delay immediate gratification mm-hmm. is the number one most important tool. If you can do that one thing, then you can achieve any goal in life, professionally, oh, yeah. as an entrepreneur, in business, in relationships. I mean, think about the effect in the financial dimension of your mm-hmm. life, yeah. <laughs> in the emotional dimension of your life, in the recreational dimension of your life. You know, recently, I'm still on a fitness journey, right? Because, I mean, I have dreamed, and I tell my family this all the time, and for those who follow Three Words Podcast have heard me share this story, but I want to be the grandfather who at 80 years old is still climbing trees with his grandkids. And typically, if you think about it, when's the last time you saw a grandfather climbing trees with grandkids? Probably not very often. Yeah. I want that, but I need that vision. I need that dream in the future of who I'm becoming, not just what I'm going to look like, mm-hmm. but how I'm going to feel, energy, longevity, um, all those things kind of piled into what is my dream. I have to make choices to like that. So I like to say that what I'm going to enjoy on my in, on my lips for three minutes, I'm going to feel mm-hmm. for three hours, and I'm going to be mm-hmm. carrying with me for three days. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, we, we just tend to think in the moment, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? That's a challenge. And, and I'm sure you're finding that even with your clients. That's yeah. the biggest thing to overcome is how do I, but I really want this. Yeah. But my guess is from your perspective, there's something you actually want more yeah. than this moment to taste yeah. this food. Yeah. Well, I think it's also important to remember too, like it doesn't have to be only eating foods that like are for your health, right? <laughs> right. Or primarily. Right. So this, I think that's the biggest shift is a lot of our eating habits are, are literally that habits, right? They were just yeah. routines that we've cr- created. And so that, that's why I always advise people to like st- eat the cake, right? Eat, yes. eat the chocolate. And, and oh, something I have, and yeah. And something I actually have people do a lot is, um, set up the, what's like the, the end goal for this experience or this meal, right? Is this a meal that like, I want to make memories at? It might be like a, a special dinner out with your family, right? Um, or yeah. is the goal of this meal to kind of keep me on track? And, and then, then you have to make a decision of if this meal takes me off track with my fitness, am I okay with that because of what I got from that meal? Is it better? Right. So I want, I try to help people get into a place where when they do have these moments where they're maybe yeah. eating something that's not necessarily as fitness friendly, they're doing it because what they're going to get from doing it mm-hmm. is, is worth more than that momentary like decision. Cause the great news about fitness is this is like, you don't have to be perfect, right? You, you just have to be consistent most of the time, like with everything. Yes. And so you can have those meals and, and there shouldn't be guilt around them. No guilt. Um, but right. it, but if most people are being honest with themselves, like a lot of times when they have those types of meals, it's like last minute, it's quick, it's there, it's an escape. It's yep. not really like thought of as like um, a positive experience. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Well, and guilt, and, and this is me now talking as a life coach, even outside of the fitness yeah. realm, guilt never accomplishes anything yeah, positive. Yeah. So even I'm thinking of taking this idea of guilt um, and you apply it to this particular topic. If I'm feeling guilty or I've failed, mm-hmm. if I can use the term failed at whatever I was going to do today, I usually have one of two choices. I'm going to now deprive. I'm going to mm-hmm. be like, I'm not going to eat food for three days and that's not going to work. Yeah. Or we go, well, it's only, it, I'm going to give up. It was a bad day. So, but you always say this. The next day is a new beginning, yeah. a fresh start. The best choice is the next day is going to be a healthy day. And yeah. I love how you talk about that. In fact, some of our language that we use and, you know, we don't spend a lot of time talking since we met four years ago, but there's so many similarities, even as I listen to you and the thing, way that I talk, and I think you've shaped a lot of my thinking, Carter, and, and that it has actually bled into all these other dimensions of life. And even my own coaching business, which is why I, I was willing to jump on a plane and fly mm-hmm. here to Austin, because I want to be able to platform and to highlight this extraordinary young man who, out of pain, 
out of difficult situations, out of a childhood that kind of created these negative patterns, you now are kind of the leading voice, I think, in this area of fitness. And guilt doesn't work. I mean, you've been saying this, but that's what typically happens is guilt your way into to change. There's no guilt in your way into change. Yeah. It's you're intentionally making choices into change. And, and one of the things you said about you know eating out or doing this special memory, I know for me even, I want to be able to actually frame that within those special memories. But also, I just want to be intentional. So if I'm going to go have something to eat, I'm just going to be intentional. I want to think about beforehand, and you talk a lot about this eating out and how you do this well, mm. but I just want to be intentional. So for me, I'm, I have a confession to you. And maybe I shared this <laughs> when, when you, when you, because I hired you for 90 days to be my fitness coach, to learn from you and to grow from you. But my, one of my favorite foods are Cheez-Its. Yeah. I could literally eat boxes of Cheez-Its. They're my favorite thing. And uh, so I'm, this is not a podcast sponsored by Cheez-Its, my enemies, <laughs> but I love Cheez-Its. But I have to make the decision then when I'm walking over to the pantry, I'm going to go enjoy some Cheez-Its. I'm going to choose to have mm. 10 Cheez-Its. Yep. I'm going to choose to have this bowl of Cheez-Its versus grab the box and head to the couch. And I get to experience the same joy, but I get to do so intentionally, yep. proactively, mm-hmm. thoughtfully. Most of what we do, I'm guessing you're going to say this even with food. Most of what we do is so subconscious or mm-hmm. unconscious. We just do this thing, which I'm sure one of the first things you did for me, put me on the My Fitness Tracker, yeah. My Fitness Pal Tracker, because I thought, well, I'm probably only consuming 750 calories a day. Yeah. You were like, well, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably consuming. It was like 4,000. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So I said a lot there, but I'm just so, I think, really inspired by the way you talk about these things. Is there anything I just shared that you want to kind of elaborate on? The word intention. Um, I love that you brought that up because it's a word I use all the time. Um, and, and it kind of goes back to the fact of like everyone's very busy, right? And I think for a lot of people, the reason why like whether the goal is to lose weight or just be eat healthier, right? I think one of the main reasons it's so difficult is because Food is such a huge part of our lives. Um, and, and like it takes up a lot of our lives too. And in order to be successful with it, um, early on, there has to be a ton of intention and planning into what it is that you're doing, right? And and the meals that you're having. And it's partly why I even there's, there's a, um, a little rule that we use with clients. Um, and it's called 24 before. And so, um, whenever we're working with clients, the majority of them are usually tracking, um, and some, if they're not tracking calories, they're tracking other things and they're, you know, there's some form of like awareness being created. Right. Um, but the whole idea of 24 before for them is, you know, the night before the next day starts, I want you to take five to 10 minutes and think about like what's going on that day. When are the meals going to be? What yes. are those meals? Um, and it's a small step, but like for a lot of people, that's where they get tripped up is they don't really put in any planning. And so then they have to rely on willpower in the moment to like make the good or bad choice. Yep. And when they make the bad choice, then they have the guilt. Right. Um, but and I think this is a, this is in the book, um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah. I love that book. It's a yeah. great book, but, um, it's harder to, I'm going to try to get this right, but it's, uh, easier to keep a commitment to yourself that you previously made than to rely on willpower in the moment to make a good decision. So the whole idea of that is if you've already told yourself, I'm eating, you know, this for breakfast, this for lunch and this for dinner, and you've like thought through it in your head, you're more likely to stick to that because you've, you know, made that commitment to yourself than just hoping that you're going to make a good oh. choice in the moment. Like we can't rely on willpower, right? Yep. It's, it's a, it's a finite resource. And if you try to rely on that to make good choices, especially when you don't necessarily have great habits built up yet, it's a recipe for failure. Well, and I say this all the time as a life coach, but motivation's worthless. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have it. And when it's there, that mystical yeah. win called motivation, I'm loving it because yeah. it, it's great. It's, it's like a bonus, but if I'm relying upon it, it's not going to happen. I'm actually reading, um, I have a group, a book club of athletes, nice. 42 of them right now who are reading Atomic Habits with me. Nice. And yeah. I love that because the reason I even love the title is that it's about habits and it's about small mm-hmm. and how choices compound. And you've said this in your content, you've said this in your curriculum, if you sent this out, is that you cannot fail. Yeah. in achieving your fitness goals if you refuse to give up. Mm-hmm. It may take a year. It may take two years. It may take five years. But if you stay the course, am I, am I yeah. paraphrasing well? Yeah, yeah. If, if you stay the course, you will achieve your yeah. goals. But what happens is somewhere along the line, we devalue the individual choices, the intentionality, because they will begin to compound. In my personal opinion, even as I've worked with clients all over the country in a variety of of fields, profit, nonprofit, athletes, and so forth, is people tend to give up 
mm-hmm. almost right before they're about to yeah. turn that corner and experience these extraordinary results. Have you found that even with your oh, clients? Absolutely. Yeah, that reminds me of that. Uh, I'm sure you've seen like the meme where like there's like the pitch, the guy has like a pitchfork or whatever, or, like a, or an axe or something like he's like mining and he's like so close to like getting to the diamonds, but he's like turning away and he's like this close or whatever. So it reminded me That's of that. That's a but, perfect picture. But it's, yeah. the, but it's like, I, I see it all the time and it's because it's people think of this as like something that they can win and lose, right? Mm-hmm. They, it, when it's, it's not right. Like it's, you versus you. And in those scenarios, like you, you really, yeah. you can never lose, you know, at, at all doing that. And it's, um, even when people like make mistakes and, and it's, it's really easy to talk about these things, right. Yeah. And you do life coaching. So it's easy to say, Oh, learn from your mistakes. Like they're lessons and <laughs> right. it's, it's not easy to do. It's not, um, but it is though a, a necessary part of it. And like, um, just speaking to fitness, I guess, specifically, it's, I think that, um, when people are like making these mistakes and all these things, it's basically they put a lot of their worth into it, right? They think that, oh, I must not be good at doing this yet. Um, but, you know, when they reframe their mind as like, you know, when they do make these mistakes and when these things happen, if anything, that's actually the best information that you can get because likely those are the areas that you've been struggling with most. And once you become aware of those things, um, you can be put in a place where you can decide, okay, Every time I put myself in this situation, um, whether it's I come home late at night and like I there's there's food in the cabinet, like I tend to overeat. Well, now you can start to think, well, how can I put some stops into that? How can yes. I like have a meal before I go home? Basically, you are helping to pick those areas in your life where you know that you struggle and, and focusing on those. Because um, if you can curb those areas, you can let the better habits shine through. Absolutely. And and I think the challenge is we all want to change. Yeah. But we don't want to choose. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> and so, right there, yeah. I, and, and I, I say this often: this this notion that, in fact, I'll say this to be provocative to people who are sitting with me and are talking about, I want to change, and I will simply just say, you can't. Yeah, you can't change, but you can choose. Yeah. And the reason I like to say that is is that the choice, the next choice, I have power over. This grand, like, oh, here's this big, huge change is like climbing the mountain. It's like, yeah. how do I even begin? It, and you use the illustration of the, the, the meme with the person with the axe just yeah. chipping away. Eventually, it's going to just crumble because that sh- there's going to be a couple choices where it's going to turn the corner. And I think in many ways, don't think about the big change. Mm-hmm. Think about the next choice. Yeah. And, and I think part of it is living life intentionally. Like we talked about living life on purpose. Speaking of purpose, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm struck by as I sit here and listen to you is that not only, and I think our listeners and our viewers will be very interested in this part of your story is you obviously came from a hard place and you use that hard, difficult circumstance of your childhood to now become a really great version of yourself in regards to fitness and mentally and emotionally and personally. But now you've also made it your calling. You, you have, you have, build a career you're building. And again, a lot of folks who listen to the podcast want to be, you know, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, they want to build something they, and so I'm guessing part of this is your passion, Mm -hmm. but part of it is you're probably doing some really hard work. So I want to talk a little about leadership. I want to talk about, you are this, um, you're, you're building this incredible business. You're helping thousands and thousands of people. And I want to start with this comment and see how you resonate with it. And if it strikes you in any way, because I know this is personal in my own life. People will say, when did you decide to become a life coach? And you don't wake up one day deciding to be a, a life yeah. coach. I'm sure you didn't, you know, at five years old or 10 years old, when someone says, what do you want to do as a career? I want to be a, a lifestyle fitness yeah. coach. You know, we don't think about that. But oftentimes I think we are told or believe, go to that place of greatest strength in your life. Mm-hmm. Go to that place of greatest giftedness and talent in your life. And is there where you'll find your calling in life? I tend to think, and I've seen this in my own life, go to that place of greatest woundedness in your life. Mm. Go to that place of greatest pain in your life. And it is there where you'll find your calling in life. See, even as a child and even growing up, I had a lot of turbulence in my own life. My parents divorced. My mom died at a young age. There was a lot that went on there with my own self-image. I was struggling with weight myself, similar to you. And it really was very painful. But in many ways, that's why I think I'm a life coach today because I want to provide for others what I didn't have for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, I didn't have that place of amazing. I didn't have parents who were fitness coaches or or life coaches like you, you know, but I just came from this place of almost like pain. As I share that, what do you think about that? As you think about your own journey? Yeah. I mean, clearly like fitness was a, a, 
big area for me in that, right? Like it, it definitely was one of the things I struggled with most of my life. And I also think it was one of the better accomplishment, the, the greatest accomplishment I had in my life too. Oh, um, and I think that the reason I love fitness kind of going back to what is it? The 12 dimensions uh-huh. of life. Um, the thing, I think the reason I'm so passionate about fitness and helping people with it is it's regardless of where you're at in your life, everybody has a choice to improve their health and fitness, right? Yes. Everyone can do it. And I truly believe that it can be a stepping stone mm-hmm. to making greater changes in every other area of your life. It's true for me, right? I mean, my success with, um, you know, my own health and fitness journey led me to have confidence in starting my own business, right? And the, and the lessons I learned through losing weight and, and building that discipline has switched over to my business and then into my relationship with my girlfriend, Kaylin, right? Um, it, it all feeds off of like the lessons I've learned with fitness. And so I think the reason I'm so passionate about it and I love helping people with it is, is because it's that one area that everyone, yes. if, if they put in the work, can change. And it's a incredible catalyst to create change in other areas of their life too. I can't count the number of people, clients I've had who have worked with me and then got a promotion at work or have, mm. or they messaged me later on and said they've done these things. And it's because of the confidence and like the, um, yeah, just like the confidence that they have in themselves is so much greater that they oh. think if I can do this, I can do these other things. And they start to become a better person in the other area of their life. And so, yeah. Well, Carter, the only reason that I'm having this conversation with you today is because this human body, this physical shell in which I reside mm-hmm. is functioning. And what the only thing that keeps my feet on this planet, the only thing that keeps my voice working and conversation mm-hmm. with you, to hear you and to sit with you and to be here fully present with you, is the fact that this body is working. And it's only going to work for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. It's going to have an end and it's going to shut down and it's going to be the end of my life here on this earth. I don't think we grab that concept. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really think about that. You know, the, the metaphor I've been using recently with even some younger uh, folks that I coach is imagine if the car you got at 16 years old was the only car you'd be able to drive for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And once that car breaks down, you're walking everywhere forever. Yeah. And, and, and actually that resonates with people. I say, imagine that situation. Yeah. But yet, so what I take to use the term donuts and stick it in the gas tank, what I take, Things that don't fit. I would be washing the car, I'd be taking care of the car. And yet mm-hmm. think about what we do with our bodies. Yeah. Like we don't think in that term. We don't treat our bodies well because it's the only thing that keeps me in professional work, career, yeah. relationship with Kaylin, as you mentioned. Like this, this body, we so undervalue yeah. taking care of it and treating it well. And so I think you said it perfectly. You know, it, it, the choices we make in the physical dimension, it just pours over into all the other dimensions of our life. And it seems like though, this is the area where many people, including myself, are so quick to make a shortcut mm-hmm. or to not only make a not, uh, not invest in it, but make a non-investment to actually yeah. detract from that. So and obviously you've built this thing, Leaner for Life. Can you talk about just the journey a little bit in building the business? And you talk about confidence and what are some steps? If, you, if there's folks listening today who are thinking, I want to start something. I want to take a calling in my life and I want to make it a career. I want to take a passion and make it a profession. Yeah. What, are, what have you learned? I mean, how old are you now, Carter? Uh, 27. You're so yeah. young, right? <laughs> and you've done so much. But I'm guessing it's not just because you stumbled in this lucky situation. You've worked and you've been thoughtful and you've been intentional. I, yeah. I would love to hear some of those lessons. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a true believer in that like luck is real. Um, but luck is not luck is given to those people who are showing up, right? And so these lucky situations or lucky breaks that people have, usually it's accompanied by, you know, years and years of, of hard work. So like even with my company, like the first 12 months of my company, I made $0, right? Um, but I had the vision was there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I put in that daily work and in that initial start, it's a, it's a grind, no matter what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, like no one's really paying attention to the stuff that you're putting out. Um, you don't really have an audience built up and you're, you're still kind of learning things along the way. Um, but then for me, I was posting on social media twice a day, every single day for like six to 12 months. And then one day, one of the posts like 
caught fire, right? And somebody saw it and then that started the growth, right? right? But that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been posting every single day up to that point. And so for people who are getting started with things, um, and it's funny how like weight loss and or like fitness and business uh, stuff is literally synonymous. So take everything I'm going to be saying for business and just put it with yeah. weight there's loss. A book, there's a book right, worth writing right there. Yeah, that exactly. connects between fitness and yeah, you know, but I think building the, a business. Yeah, yeah, but I think the biggest thing is that like it's a it's a marathon and not a sprint, right? And that it's going to take time and. Really, you can't even fail at whatever it is you're trying to build if you refuse to quit. But it's this recognition that there are um, reps that have to be put in and it doesn't just happen overnight. Um, but you have to trust that it will happen. And if you keep showing up, like it will happen and you will like see those moments of growth. I agree. Yeah. Choices compound. Habits can be atomic over and over again. Has yeah. there been ever a time when you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. I just want to quit. Yeah. Um, I mean, like yesterday, probably. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I like, really? oh, well, so that's talk like to me a, about yesterday then. Well, yeah, I mean, it was like, this I is mean, real and raw. This is right yeah, now yeah. the present. Yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, any entrepreneur, anyone who's like trying to like create their own path in life, mm -hmm. like could not sit here and honestly say that they don't have moments of self doubt. Like imposter syndrome is, is huge. Oh. Like just like, who do I think I am to do these things? And like, uh -huh. um, and you get it all the time. Right. Sure. Um, and you know, but when you have those feelings, it's very normal. It's very human. And it really shows it that you care, right? It shows that you are wanting to put your best, best self forward. And sometimes yeah. it can be scary to do that. But what really matters here, and I know you could attest to this, is like you can have these thoughts. They happen. But it's really how do you respond, mm -hmm. right, versus reacting? Because I think a lot of people, when they would have the, these thoughts of doubt or whatever, they would react with, well, I'm not good enough or I can't do this or whatever it is. Um, but kind of taking a step back. So let's go back to yesterday, for example, whenever I had a, just a stressful situation mm -hmm. with like some clients and then like an employee. And I like sat down and I was just, okay, I'm going to take five minutes here and think, why am I really stressed about this? Like, mm. what, what am I trying to like accomplish through doing this? Like, what's the best path forward? And then I responded to it. Right. And, and I recognize versus reacting to it versus exactly. reacting. Right. Which would maybe mean like blaming somebody else or just getting angry internally and it just ruining my entire day um, because that's going to happen. Right. There, there's things aren't going to like work out perfectly that you want in your head. Um, but if you're willing to be a, like a pivoter and like yes. see these moments and work with them at each stage, that's really like, you know, your path to success is being able to respond to adversity in that way. Uh -huh. One of our three words episodes is struggle is normal. Yeah. Um, embrace the pain. I mean, we tend to think, and I think this is where social media is kind of tricky for us is we, we see all these things in this world that people have built and we want that world or we want that life mm -hmm. without knowing the backstory was probably really bumpy yeah. and a really challenging and there's pain and there's difficulty and there's frustration. And I like how you said this idea that perspective is everything and just taking time to pause. Yeah. I mean, everything we're talking about today, is about awareness. It's about perspective. It's about intentionality. It's about choices, mm -hmm. particularly in a day and age. And we're sitting here, obviously, I'm hoping on the tail end of a pandemic mm -hmm. <laughs> with these variants. Who knows if we're still going to be, you know, battling this thing called COVID. But the whole world has felt out of control. The whole world has felt like there's things that I used to be able to control that I no longer can control. But there's something that you and I, Carter, mm -hmm. have 100% control over 100% of the time, and that is my next choice. Mm -hmm. And that is how I respond to a difficult situation. That is the food that I, that I eat in the next five minutes. Like We have control, more control mm -hmm. than I think we could ever imagine. In fact, in a little bit, we're actually going to leave your apartment and actually go mm -hmm. into the grocery store, yep. and, and you're going to train us. You're going to show us like how you shop and what this looks like practically. Because again, I don't want this podcast to be just pie in the sky and big ideas and become the best version of you. But like practically speaking, you've experienced this in your own life. I've experienced this in my own life. Like we can change yeah. as we choose. Choose at the grocery store. Choose when we go out to dinner with our friends. I mean, there's so many different conversations that we can have. And we're gonna go actually grocery shopping together and that will be a part of this conversation. Just so you know, everything that's going to be filled in the store has to get approved by our media team. Okay. I can give you an uh, email address. Okay. All right. So unfortunately, we weren't able to film in Whole Foods, um, but no worries. Uh, we were able to grab a lot of the groceries that we were going to talk about in store, bring it back so I can share them with you here. So 
Um, my goal with this right now is instead of just giving you like a laundry list of just like foods you can and can't eat, um, and instead kind of get you into sort of how my, my brain works and how I try to teach my clients to think about nutrition um, and setting themselves up for success. So there's sort of, sort of two categories of foods here. Um, these are the foods I would call staple foods. And these are the uh, smart, mindful uh, treats, right? So we'll start here. Um, now, obviously, um, here I'm showing you some prepackaged stuff. Um, and, and, you know, some people enjoy cooking more than others. But, you know, the reality is not many people like to cook, right? And that's why it's convenient to go to, you know, drive through McDonald's on the way home versus go home and cook a whole meal. And so in those moments, it's very, very helpful to have meals um, and foods that are very easy to cook um, and quick to cook, too. So... The first thing is I always recommend getting some type of protein, right? So we like chicken thigh um, in our household. And what we'll do is we'll cook all of this at once, and that will last us for a few days. And so the benefit here is that it's already cooked, it's already in the fridge, and it's really easy to um, put into a meal. That's kind of what this is about, too. Um, this is just another version of that. This is like a pre-cooked um, protein source that you can add to any meal. Um, right here, we have minute rice. So it takes one minute to make this rice. And then we have frozen vegetables. And so very often for a lunch, um, because think about it, you know, not every meal needs to be a celebration, right? Um, lunches can be boring. And sometimes you probably don't even think about what you're having for lunch. And so this is easy. It's quick. We can throw it together and it's going to move me closer to my goals. Um, same thing here. So this is like a salad mix that everything that you're going to need for the salad goes in this. You already pre-cooked your chicken, so you can throw it in here too. Um, so the, the idea of getting these types of foods, um, and there's a lot of awesome frozen options now, is they're going to lower the resistance to making better choices, right? And of course, you know, if you have the time and the desire to you know, cook fresh fruits and vegetables, right, and, and make things fresh, I still recommend doing that. But we also have to be honest with ourselves, right? And when we're transitioning from going to I never cook or food at home or eat healthy foods to now I really care about my nutrition and I make it a priority. There's an in-between there. And these foods really help with that transition into that place. And there's a couple of brands I would recommend too. One is Birdseye. Um, they're in most major uh, grocery store chains. They just have a ton of different options. So it doesn't get boring. You're eating the same frozen vegetables over and over again. Um, and then this brand right here, um, Alexia. And I think most grocery stores have this now. They just have like really great sides um, that are easy to cook. Um, and most of them are lower calorie too. They have a lot of like cauliflower mash potatoes and stuff. So if you're in a position where you're trying to lose weight um, and you need to consume fewer calories, this can be a great option. All right. So let's get to this stuff. So these are sort of the treats and snacks. Um, and whenever I am recommending people get snacks, I always say, try to focus on protein and fruit. And there's two main reasons for this. One is that protein is very satiating right? Uh, it's the most filling of like the three macronutrients between protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And so when you eat protein, you're more likely to get full. Also having protein as a snack helps you get more protein throughout the day. Um, and then also fruit. And the reason there is because one, you're getting your fruit intake in, but also a lot of times the hunger that you feel um, in the moment, uh, whenever you have that like little hunger urge and you want to grab a snack, a lot of time it's liver glycogen being um, depleted. And so fruit, uh, the fructose in fruit actually goes directly to your liver. And so for a lot of people that can help them feel fuller uh, for fewer calories. And obviously there's a lot of water in it too. And it just helps the, the fill space, right? And then you also have the added benefit of knowing that you're getting more fruits in your diet. So some things that I always get, I love to get the uh, mixed berries that are cut up like this. Um, obviously, you know, you can get your own mixed berries and do this yourself. Um, however you want to do it. I always recommend having some berries like this that are already washed that all you have to do, pull them out of the fridge and start eating them. Um, I don't have them with me right now, but usually I'll have apples and bananas. The reason being is like you can put an apple in your book bag and go throughout the day, right? And then have the apple whenever you want, unlike strawberries, it maybe wouldn't work out that well. So those are a lot more um, flexible, I guess, or uh, more mobile, I guess, types of snacks to have. Um, as far as protein sources go, I'm a big fan of beef jerky. Um, just because it's, it's really easy to get like a lean source of protein, obviously very easy to eat it as well. All right, so another protein source uh, for a snack that I like to use is some type of yogurt. Um, I prefer Greek yogurt. It's typically higher in protein, lower in calories. Um, but I'm not, I know not everyone likes the, the lighter yogurts. They're not as tasty. So a good trick is maybe grab a yogurt that's more flavorful, like this one, where it's going to have more calories, which isn't a bad thing, right? It just you have something to be aware of. And you can mix that with one like this, which is a very high-protein yogurt. Um, it kind of cuts it a little bit. It tastes a little bit better, but you get more of the protein for fewer calories. Um, another thing I love are just nutrition bars. 
personally, I'm not a huge fan of protein bars. If you like them, do it. They just don't make my stomach feel great. A lot of people don't really like those sugar alcohols. Um, RX bars are really, really solid. They're about 200 calories, 10 grams of protein. Um, they're just quick and easy, right? You can carry them with you anywhere you go. Um, it's a good tag along next to a piece of fruit. And then as far as treats go, so you know, my big thing is flexibility. And, and I want people to be able to eat whatever they want um, and not feel like they have to restrict certain things. But we also have to be aware of the fact that the reason why we associate things like ice cream and cookies and brownies as being bad for us is because it's really easy to overconsume them, right? They're very palatable. And so and it's also really hard for some people, you know, some people have more willpower than others. It's really hard to manage your portions in the moment. And so one thing you can do ahead of time is to be intentional, like we talked about in our podcast today, be intentional before you buy treats and get things that are going to set you up for success when it comes to portion control. So this is a great example. Most grocery stores are going to have this option available for their ice creams. Instead of getting the pint of ice cream, buy one of these. So this thing, so this one actually is like dairy free. So it's only like 160 calories, but even if it wasn't, this is going to be a much more manageable thing to have. It's already pre-portioned and the, it's going to be a lot more, um, it takes a lot more effort to open up a new package than to just keep eating out of the big pint that you have sitting there, right? So this already adds a couple of stops. Um, other things that I do are getting uh, single serving cookies that are like individually wrapped um, and even doing that with like things like M&Ms. And, you know, for people who maybe don't want to just like buy a bunch of individual packages, a good tip would be you can buy like the big family size and then portion that out into uh, smaller baggies as well. The whole idea is for treats like that, you should have them. And I don't, you know, I encourage you to have them in your diet because they're enjoyable and they taste good. Um, but you need to be mindful of the fact that it is hard to moderate those portions sometimes. So be intentional ahead of time with pre-portioning things, and it's going to be a lot easier to stay on track. So hopefully this was helpful. Um, again, highly recommend having some staple foods in your diet like this that are easy to make, not the most glamorous meals, but they're meals that get the job done. And then um, smart, mindful snacks like this that will obviously help hit your protein goal, help you stay full, um, and keep you on track. So, I do want to ask a couple more questions, and, and I appreciate you sharing even the fact, even yesterday, it's been hard because I want our listeners to understand that Carter Good. Who, you know, who is a f celebrity at this point, really, in, in Instagram and in, in social media. And I'm sure even as I said that, you're like, imposter syndrome. No, 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 not imposter syndrome. So let me just say to our viewers and listeners, imposter syndrome is that idea that someone's going to find out someday that I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, it's interesting as I do life coaching and as I work it, it, in corporate America as well, how often CEOs and presidents and founders and leaders will kind of whisper to me, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And they're whispering and there's no one in the office with us, but they feel like, and I'm like, nobody always knows what they're doing. Yeah. I don't always know what they're doing. Like even this podcast, I don't know what our conversation is going to look like. Am I going to ask good questions? Is Carter going to enjoy this? Like there's always these things that go on in our minds and, and we need to realize that, that we're enough, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that I am enough and that you are enough and that we don't need to buy into the lies of the imposter syndrome. So all that to say, I'm curious about people because you're talking a lot about difficult situations. I'm sure you feel this way too. Like we need our community. Mm -hmm. We need our tribe. We need those friendships, those close people around us who can, who can be with us on this journey. Cause I'm sure you've not taken this journey alone. You talked yeah. about Kaylin, your girlfriend who you met in Columbus. You now live mm -hmm. out here in Austin. She's obviously a significant part of your life. I'm assuming there's other friends and other colleagues mm -hmm. that have helped you along this journey. How important to you is community? And maybe even a couple people that have been a key part of this journey that you're on right now and building this career and building the life that you have. I'd love to hear yeah. more because behind the scenes, Carter Goods world. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I'd love starting with that because as the, as the most cliche saying, that's probably really cliche now is like, you are the five people you surround mm -hmm. yourself with, but it, it's just, just like really true. And, it's and so like true. not even physically, but just like in your social space of who you surround yourself with. Um, cause we're just kind of reflections of, of all those people. And so, um, that's something I've been incredibly intentional about from the start. And I, and I would say that probably is a big reason why I was able to have success was because the people I surrounded myself were people who were either you know, next to me trying to grow it or were ahead of me as like mentors and stuff. And so thinking of people who have like really helped me. So I'll start, start with Kaylin. Obviously she gets, she gets the, the biggest award here. Um, and, and she's helped me the most where, and whenever I talk about Kaylin, she's like, so we have a very similar business type. Um, but I always say like, she's the, she's the actual CEO. Like that's like, she is like a people person, like team building all these things. And where she's helped me is, is honestly helped me with like, releasing some of this like um 
like I have to be in charge of everything. And mm-hmm. like, if I'm not in charge, like it's not going to be done right. And, and like freeing that up a little bit more to have people who can actually help me. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of expanding a team in that way, which actually then helps me become more creative and enjoy my life more. Um, so she was, had a huge impact on that for me. Um, another was a guy named Jordan Syatt. Uh, he's a, so he's very similar. He's a fitness trainer online. Um, early on when I got started, he was like my, my mentor. Um, and I hired him for coaching and he was just a, was a pivotal part of my success early on. Um, and, and really at each stage and, and there's, you know, we could talk about all kinds of different people along the way, but at each stage of the journey that I've been in, I always try to make sure that there's somebody who's a little bit ahead of me Love it. that I'm learning from. Right. Cause that, that's really what it takes, right. Is to, and if you're looking for a shortcut, unfortunately there are no shortcuts with weight loss. Sorry. <laughs> but if you are looking for like a, uh, maybe a, fast forward, I guess, um, to whatever it is you want to achieve. It's going to somebody who's done that yeah. and then you're very likely paying them right for, for their time, but learning from them to get you to where you want to be. And so that's something I've done at each stage, but I would say Jordan was definitely the biggest, uh, impact for me because he took me from like nothing to like full-time business. Um, well, and you have modeled what, what we all need and yeah. that is mentors. Yeah. Like we need our friends. We need the Kalins. We need the people around us who love us and say, we can do this. But we also need the mentors who actually have done it, mm-hmm. who are a little bit of farther ahead. It's funny. Three words podcasts. One of the three words episodes, find a mentor. Yeah. Because again, most of our culture, if they're honest, is mentorless. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also, if I can transition slightly, is we're heroless. You know, we're in this funny space right now in the world where most people, if you say, who is your mentor? They kind of blank stare or who are your heroes? You know, back in the day, you know, 30 years ago when I was a child, here's all my heroes. But we are heroless too. Like we are becoming more and more isolated from people. We have a tendency Mm -hmm. to do that. We're becoming more and more less connected to community. We tend not to be, and even sitting with you here today, I think anybody listening is going to realize very quickly here is a young man who is vulnerable, who is transparent, who is honest. I'm guessing you will share with your mentors and you're sharing even with me today mm-hmm. and Michaela and others like, I'm not perfect. I don't have my act together all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this is hard. And the more transparent, and in fact, I say this even in regards to a leadership lesson to our viewers and listeners that the truly transformative leaders are not the leaders who have their act together, pretend to have their act together. It's the transparent ones. Yeah. It's the vulnerable ones who are willing to pull back the curtain and say, this is my life. And you've done that even with us here today, letting us into some of the pain and some of the challenge and some of the struggle. But I think finding a mentor and having that sense of community is so important. And you're modeling that. And mm-hmm. I think for those who are kind of rising and coming up into their 20s and wanting to build something, they're going to kind of don't put your head down, close your eyes and do it alone, but gather around you mm-hmm. the right people. Because at the end of life, and you've said this uh, so many times, you know, eat the food you enjoy yeah. because do it with the people you enjoy. Yeah. Like life's short. Life is short. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. Like why would we just treat food as fuel? Yeah. <laughs> or, or why would we abuse our bodies? Like all the different themes that you're sharing, it's about living a life that's fully alive. It's about being fully alive, beginning with this physical body. Mm-hmm. If I can transition even to share just a few words with our viewers and our listeners today, um, it has been a joy to be sitting here with my friend Carter Good. And I hope that you've not just learned a few lessons and practical things regarding um, fitness and food and shopping. Obviously, we you got to see us go shopping together, uh, and that was a lot of fun. But it's been very practical, but it's also kind of hopefully raised and elevated your perspective that life is short that there's no guarantee of tomorrow. And then I want to take care of this thing called my human body because I want to live life to its fullest. I want to be fully alive. And I can't do that if I'm unhealthy, if I'm sick, if I'm making choices to to abuse this thing, mm-hmm. the shell in which I live and keep my feet on this planet. So wherever you are on your fitness journey, wherever you are as you're building your life, I think Carter has reminded all of us that there are no shortcuts in regards to fitness. There are no silver bullets, do this one thing, or, and, and here's the diet that if you do this thing, it will f- solve all your problems. But even if you achieve your perfect fitness goals, it's not going to bring about the happiness and the joy and the fulfillment and the satisfaction that you've been longing for, that life is bigger than fitness, that indeed, Carter, thank you for reminding us today that while fitness is important, fitness isn't 
everything. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.